Hello, and welcome to the Episodic Audiobook Series, where I, Con Lavery, read to you books that I wrote, narrated, and did the improv music for, and uh, all the artwork, actually. So if you're looking at the ebook or print versions, you'll see the design work and the photo illustration work that I do. Now we're into episode 11, chapter 11, of Cultivate, Seed Me Relapse Edition. So if you're tuning in for the first time, maybe go back to episode one. A lot's been going on. For those who have been listening to the whole uh, series, we left Logan and Janet off at the farmer's market where they were trying to get some answers from that old prick because it turns out those seeds that he gave them is doing something to them. Logan is piecing everything together. He's not sure if Janet's on the same page because it's a real far out there theory, but so far everything related to the 420 drain case has been out there. So he's going to find out as they're waiting to see where that old man goes after the farmer's market. Let's jump in and see what happens next. Chapter 11. Freaks at Full Capacity. Janet holds one of the black and red seeds, spinning it around, infatuated with it as I am. We aren't saying anything. Sitting on the park bench several blocks from the farmer's market, we're both back here because I didn't want to sit at Remedy, as I said too earthy. I want to watch our target. As we sit, the seed seems to draw me in, like it's calling my name in pure silence. What do you suppose these are? Janet asks. I sip on my coffee and shrug. Truthfully, I haven't seen a black and red seed before, so I don't know what to say. It looks like a jelly bean, she says. If we don't find anything from this cultivator, we should see if any gardeners know anything about these seeds or... We can find a botanist. She's full of good ideas. Shit. I'm glad I'm keeping her around. Smart girls are really my thing. Emily was smart, dumping me. Hold on. Don't go down that road. Not now. I have to stay focused. Hey, Janet. You mentioned feeling ill after the party. Bzzz. Hang on, Janet says while reaching for her phone. She taps away at it and stuffs the device into her pocket. Sorry. My cousin has been bugging me since I haven't been feeling well. Her dad... It's a long story. What was that? The party. You were not feeling well? I'm pretty sure it's these seeds. I'm thinking the same. Anything happened to you? I... I... I've vomited multiple times and there's blood. Janet wipes a tear. Fuck, Logan. What the fuck did we eat? We stare at each other, grimly acknowledging we're one and the same. There's the exception of the voices, dreams, and my freak asshole adventure. It's a bit awkward, but if it really is the seeds, that can only mean my disgusting theory is true. No. No way. It didn't crawl out of my ass and slither back in. I didn't see it. I could have grabbed a slimy turd. At this point, I'm trying to keep myself grounded. Janet takes a photo of the seed and taps on her phone again. So I ask, You tell your cousin about any of this? Sending her a photo of the seed. I told her about the vomit, not the blood. She's from BC and is coming down sometime soon to help her mom. I don't know why she's so worried all of a sudden. Anyways, want to start heading back? It's a quarter to three. Sure. I take Janet's hand, helping her off the picnic table, then free my hand. Unsure why I did that. Well, I know. I haven't liked a girl in a while and I'm uncomfortable with it. We hike back up to the farmer's market. The steel garage doors are open, 
and the crowd is practically gone. Vans and trucks are lining up as the workers pull dollies out. I point at the parking lot across the street. Let's hang there. Keep a close eye. Janet and I stay by some cars, watching as the last shoppers leave with their goods. Some scatter the streets while others head for the parking lot, slowly removing our camouflage. There are still a few cars here that work. We just have to play musical vehicles. We watch for a good half hour as vendors walk in and out, loading up their vehicles and driving away. Finally, as a large truck drives clear, we spot the old prick standing by a small transport van with Big and Burly. Bingo. You see that? I ask. That's the other cultivator? Yeah. Who is the other? Big and Burly is unloading shelves and vendor supplies with his red wheelbarrow into the van. There's a third cultivator, also in a black trench coat, who chats with the old man. She's thin, with dark brunette hair. She's probably about my age and has piercing green eyes that glimmer even from this distance. All three march into the farmer's market. Finally, this is what we've been waiting for. Donald mentioned two cultivators, Janet says. The three return with arms full of plants and jugs of seeds, putting them on the ground. Big and Burley closes the van and nods at the driver, who backs up and exits the premises. Everyone else is officially gone home, leaving the three cultivators as the last. Shit, you don't have a car, do you? Janet asks. No, I didn't think of that. What about these yahoos? They didn't put any of the plants in the van. Well, it complements their obsession with plants. Why? Janet gives me a condescending smile as if I should know what she's getting at. Why? I ask again. Because vehicles pollute the air? Duh. Plus, wheelbarrows are kind of a gardener's thing. Right. Technically, yes, I knew, but it isn't where my mind went first. All this pro-environment action that is so popular with today's youth is beyond my interest. Especially now. Under the circumstances, I mean, my life is in danger. Even my mind chatter isn't potent because it's scared too. Should we confront them? Janet asks. Nah, let's wait, I say. It's three against two. Let's see where they take this stuff. It can't be far. The cultivators march from the farmer's market. Big and Burley manages the wheelbarrow while Green Eyes holds a picnic basket and two plants. The old man holds his own plants. They turn the corner, heading north to the river valley. They make a left turn, walking into the neighborhood streets. Now, I say, we fast walk from our hiding spot, keeping a reasonable distance so they don't see us cross the road and into the neighborhood street. The cultivators are about a couple blocks ahead, turning into an alleyway. Janet and I pick up our pace, jogging up to the alley and turn onto the crooked pothole-filled road. A couple blocks up, the three cultivators stop in front of a blue painted house with the wood chipping. The garage and roof are sinking. They're talking as Janet and I carefully move closer, stopping behind a dumpster. This is close enough. Janet gags from the funk of the dumpster, plugging her nose. At least it isn't blood vomit. The stench is no concern to me. These cultivators have my full attention. They bow before each other and the brute begins unloading the wheelbarrow into the garage. Green Eyes adjusts the picnic basket and we get a glimpse of black and red fabric. From there, the two cultivators leave Big and Burly to finish his task. Let's follow them, I say. We can check out the house later. Come on, back this way. We'll catch them on the street. We should split, cover both sides? Janet asks, her voice extra nasally. I exhale. <sighs> okay, I'll go north this way and text you. 
Sure, keep your phone on silent. We're off. Janet takes south, and I take north. My adrenaline is soaring like a good kokai. I could use some right now for a jolt of courage. Truthfully, fear overwhelms me while I hold the knife tucked into the cuff of my coat. I'm not fucking around anymore. These pricks will end this. The two cultivators haven't left the alley as I walk down the street. I keep a casual walk to avoid attention while checking my phone to see if Janet texts me. She hasn't. I'm awfully close to the corner of the first block. Still, no sight of them. I rest against a tree, keeping myself clear from the view and text Janet. You. Do you see them? 3.45 p.m. Janet. Yeah, I went up. They took a fork in the alley. 3.46 p.m. Okay, good. I hurry up the block, seeing the back of the old blue house and reach the end of the street. Janet is down the other way, walking up to me. She quickly waves her hands, urging me to move. I get the cue and hide behind a tree just as the two cultivators appear out of the T-intersection alleyway a block up. The cultivators reach the end of the block, cross the last street, and head for a small dirt path descending into the river valley. Janet hurries up to me and says, This is creeping me out. Yeah, did they spot you? I ask. No, I kept my distance. The front of that house had all the curtains closed. Couldn't see a thing. Cool, we'll come back for that. Come on. I think we can take on Green Eyes and the old man if we need to, but curiosity is magnetizing me to know exactly what they're doing. Plus, the river valley is enticing, kind of like the seed. I know I'm walking to it, but deep down, it feels like the forest is pulling me in. Janet has the same entrancement as we reach the dirt path, seeing it descend into the dense, dark forest. Further down, we can see two people slip just out of view. They're not far now. We are home. A raspy whisper echoes right into my ear. I scratch my ear, thinking it's a bug. Safe from pollution, comes another whisper. You say something? I whisper. Janet shakes her head no. There are a few more whispers. They're muffled by the wind, but give me crazy goosebumps as we cautiously hike down the dirt path. You hear that? I whisper. What? Whispers. But I don't see anyone. I heard something earlier. Actually, all week. Right. Janet stops, pointing at the cultivators, who are a good hundred paces away. They take a sharp turn by a wooden stake, heading into the thick foliage. Green Eyes is strangely protective of the basket ensuring it doesn't brush against the branches. Let's go, I whisper. Whoosh, comes a sharp wind by the cutoff point. Closer to the world, mother, the voice whispers. God damn. Janet goes first so I can watch our backs. We keep close to each other, brushing branches out of the way as quietly as we can. The ground is a bit moist, leaving our footprints behind. The cultivators don't leave any another layer of mystery. Green eyes and the old man aren't directly visible. The shrubbery and branches are bopping, indicating they haven't gone too far. Swish, swish, swish. The moving of leaves is audible. Then, a rattling of chain-link fence, and more swishing. Swish, swish, swish. Janet and I reach a rusty fence covered in vines and branches. There's a metal sign strapped just above a clipped portion of the metal. The sign reads, do not enter. Section closed until further notice. Trespassers will be fined. City of Edmonton. 
I hold the torn fence up for Janet, and she squeezes through, followed by me. What is this place? I ask. Well, the city has a few closed-off sections in the river valley to see how it will survive without human interaction. Makes for a great hideout. Yeah, people party here, explore, and even sleep here. Considering all of the trash and waste that gets tossed in the river valley, it makes you wonder how long it will last until we put effort into sustaining it. And that ties right into these plant freaks. We can't hear any swishing of leaves. There's no clear path. All sounds from the river and the roads are abnormally silent like we've been encased in a glass dome. As Janet mentioned, this place is untouched by civilization. The woods are thick, moss is everywhere. There's a clear distinction on the ground dividing a high ground with a descending path. We put our bets on the high ground. Janet and I keep low, not wanting to stand out and creep up to the high ground path leading to a sharp cliff overlooking the lower portion of the enclosure. The trees are far taller, narrow, and most of the branches are dead. There's a soft chanting, monotone, and far from my ear. Okay, hear that? Oh yeah, Christ. Stay close, there's probably more of them. I unsheath my knife. Janet pulls on her hair, clearly stressed from the seriousness of this. We creep up to the edge of the cliff beside some shrubs and get down on our bellies to overlook the lower bowl-shaped valley. The center of the lower forest has been cleared out, forming a circular dirt patch. The surrounding trees' branches extend so far that the open space is still covered from the sky. My heart sinks looking at the series of people wearing black trench coats. These new cultivators stand in diagonal rows forming lines. There's gotta be dozens of them, crisscrossing each other forming a five-point star. White stones are placed around the circle with a dark charcoal powder lining it. More stones and charcoal are placed beyond the circle forming curved lines, like petals. On the far side of the circle, and curves, there's a manhole with a warm yellow glow projecting from inside. It's a fucking pentagram, Janice says, but it's incomplete. They're missing people? Yeah. In the center of the pentagram stands Green Eyes and the old man. They both hold crooked brown and red rods in each hand, waving them around the closest cultivators. Green Eyes rests the basket on the ground, opening it. Both are chanting simultaneously. Give thine heart to the wild magic, to the prince and the lady of nature. Redeem the consideration of this world, covert large and small, despite weakling and poor. Semblance of evil are not near thee. Never give nor earn thine shame. I think they're speaking some Celtic prayer, Janice says. You recognize this gibberish? Vaguely. I've done my digging into paganism. This is different. It's influenced by the Celtic culture, but not. What about their wizard wands? I ask. I think petrified wood. See the washed out layers of bark there? We will grow. I nod, not really seeing it. To me, it still looks like a wizard stick. Janet's ability to identify this nature mumbo jumbo is impressive. She's actually a smart cookie. I don't have the slightest clue what is going on in this freak show. The cultivators continue. Be loyal to the world mother of the wild wood. Be true to the prince of darkness. Be true to thine own self besides. True to the magic of nature above all else. 
Green Eyes takes out a large white jug garden sprayer. There's dark liquid inside. She passes it to the old man who steps to the closest person in the pentagram, a man. The two cultivators chant the same verses. Their voices are shouting as Green Eyes waves the petrified wood faster in front of their target. The man sways his head side to side as the old man squeezes the garden sprayer, spritzing the liquid over the front of his face and neck. Whoosh! Comes a hot gust of wind. Our nutrients provided. Comes a whispering voice like an air canister into my ear. I shrug it off, trying to keep quiet. The old man squeezes the bottle a couple of times and moves to the next person in line with green eyes. They perform the same process of waving the rod and spraying the person. This one, a girl, also swings her head side to side as the deep red-brown droplets roll down her cheeks. Is that blood? We will grow. We will grow. Oh my god! Janet covers her mouth. Yeah, it's blood being sprayed on these people. We're entranced by this ritual as the first two people sprayed with blood begin swaying their whole body in rhythm with their expressionless heads. Their movements are total deja vu to the Vicky lookalike weirdo moving in my arms. These aren't cultivators. They're more of her. It's, as Donald Waite put it. Despise weakling and poor, semblance of evil all not near thee. The chanting unnaturally booms, like a PA system as they repeat the same routine. One by one, they spray the its with blood, waving the rod. The its move their bodies in sync with each other. The chanting keeps amplifying so loud the volume of each vowel makes my head throb. Vump, vump. Never give nor earn thine shame. Soon we will join our siblings. Fuck, fuck, I gotta go. Janice starts crawling back. I want to stay, but the pain in my ear isn't letting up. Vump, vump, vump. I need to go, Janice says again, moving behind a branch. Be loyal to the world mother of the wild wood. Vump. Fuck this. I can't do it. I sheath my knife in defeat, putting it away. We scurry back, clear from the ritual site. I take one last glance at the cultivators and its. The its have raised their trench coats up, creating a circumference like the petals of a flower. Come on, Janet tugs my arm. Distance will not separate us, brother. We're far enough from the event to stand up and hurry away from the scene. The headaches are lessening with each step. The chanting drastically declines as if someone flicked the volume on the mixer off. It's too fast. There's no way the sound can be suppressed by those trees. I know my damn acoustics. People should be able to hear those voices from all over the core of Edmonton. We will grow. Janet and I reach the fence. The chanting now diminished. My headache is practically gone with just the aftermath of the hard pulsation. Janet tumbles into the wire, grabbing onto it, panting heavily. Her free hand is shaking wildly with fear. What was that? She asks, her face is washed white. Hey, it's okay, we're good, I say, embracing her. Janet wraps her arms tightly around my back, squeezing me. Her whole warm body is rattling as she starts to cry. I get a whiff of that soft, sweet, natural scent again. The smell is welcoming, soothing, and I hold her tighter. Fuck, Logan, Janet mumbles into me. She looks up at me, eyes watery, as her mouth hangs open, revealing her bright white teeth. 
Her warm breath gently touches my face, only a hand's distance away. The lips are pink, skin smooth as mascara runs down her cheeks. Her nose has a distinct curve, ending on a point above the septum piercing. I'm entranced with this gorgeous girl as my heart thuds from the rush of excitement. We will grow. We will grow. All thoughts stop. Goodbye, mind chatter. The primal desires switch on. I pull her up to me, bringing those soft lips to mine. She does not resist. She does not reciprocate. The moment holds. Janet presses into me, gliding her arms up to my neck, fingers holding my skin as her mouths move as one. My hands move down, feeling every curve of her body to her hips. They slither under her coat, shirt, and against her smooth skin. Janet invites her tongue, running it along my upper gums and sliding against my own. We exhale heavily with each breath, kissing one another in fast repetitions. Conjoining, sister. A sharp whisper strikes my ear. I don't even pay attention. Locked into this heavy makeout session. We will grow. My hands grip her back tightly. Our mouths fuse into one, letting me taste her saliva, enlarging my desire. She moans softly as I grunt. I feel her hand slide down my chest and pull on my belt buckle, stiffening me. Her hand reaches into my jean. We will grow. We will grow. And stroking, we will grow. We will grow. She bites my inner lip, feisty. Another bite against my inner cheek, then another on my tongue. I grunt, breaking free from the face-sucking entrancement. A piercing feeling spikes my mouth. Janet whimpers, freeing her hand from my member as I try to pull back. She moves with me, our foreheads bumping into each other. Janet has a what-the-fuck face as we try to pull away from one another again. Our bodies move, but our heads remain centimeters apart. The force makes us gag as pink spit drools down our faces. Janet yelps, looking at our lips. She starts to flap her hands around wildly. There, between our mouths, are two slimy black vines covered in dark red-coated thorns. They're coiled around one another, entering our mouths. I grab Janet's head, stopping her from gurgle screaming. Uh-uh, I manage to say from my throat, shaking my head. The movement spikes more pain in my mouth. Janet starts sobbing, water running down her face and mixing into the bloody saliva. My knife. I hurry into my pocket and free it. The chrome tip glimmers as I bring the blade to our mouths. Janet breathes heavily through her nostrils, spit drooping down her red-smeared chin. My hand is shaking as the blade reaches the vines. We can bloom as one. I take one deep breath and swipe down and back. The blade rips into the first vine, tearing it in two. The hacked plant slaps against our chins, oozing red as I go for the second. Stop! The knife slices the other vine as one end retreats into Janet's mouth, leaving a trail of blood. The other reverts back into mine as I try to grab it. The damn thing is fast and I jam my hand into my bloody mouth, trying to grab it. It escapes as I gag, pulling my hand out and spitting out the remaining blood. Janet starts whimpering. Whoa, 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 what the fuck? I spit again and wipe my mouth. Janet starts rapid, irregular breath, saying, It's, it's the, it's the seeds. It's the fucking seeds. Donald warned us. The fucking seeds. Janet, breathe. I say, gripping her arms. She jerks free, pacing back and forth. 
fucking 13 for the revelation. A dramatic disclosure. A lawlessness. Oh god, god, fuck. It's growing inside us. Janice stops, looking at my knife. We gotta get it out. She hurries at me. My hand meets her chest, drawing the knife back. Janet, keep it together. We can't do anything drastic. Drastic? Logan, are you dense? Our mouths were locked together by fucking vines. They went into our throats. I didn't even feel it. That's a fact. It did just happen. It confirms my frightening theory about my asshole. Janet? I'm trying to keep her heads on straight. Janet backs off. Okay. Okay. Uh, vinegar is a weed killer. I'm getting a fucking jug of it. I wipe the blade and sheath it. Janet has a point. Maybe that will kill these fuckers inside us. I'm unsure how I'm remaining so calm in this nightmare. Maybe Janet's freaking out is reassuring me that I need to be stable. The Alpha in control or something stupid like that. Looks like Donald Way was telling the truth the whole time. All of my hunches have been right since I met the Vicky lookalike. Janet and I don't need to say it, as we both know that the things growing in us are alive and violent. The Vicky lookalike is the horrific future of our fate if we can't figure this out. And that is the end of episode 11, which actually is my favorite chapter in that entire book. I think it's the nicest uh, way to encompass the full story, the theme, the everything about it, and that ritual site. Uh, one of my favorite, and one of my favorite tracks that I have recorded with that kind of ritual chanting, like, ooh, ah, I love it. I had a lot of fun with that one. So, crazy stuff, uh, the whole tongue thing, and... Uh, getting locked together. There's vines growing inside Logan and Janet. Like, what the hell? They're they're really in the shit now. <laughs> so uh, we get to find out what happens next in chapter twelve. How the hell are they going to get out of this? They're they're. It's not looking good. Um, if you can't wait and just got to find out the whole story, check out the audiobook, the ebook, and the print book on all the distributors. Uh, if you get the printer ebook, you get to see the gnarly artwork that goes with it. And if you get the audiobook, you can just enjoy the whole thing. And if you want more goodies and short stories and stories overall that are related to the macrocosm, the superverse where Cultivate takes place, check out the Patreon. And if you just want to support my writing, do check out the Patreon because there's other goodies that happen there as well. All right. I'll catch you in the next episode. Take care. Ciao.